Welcome to Eat This Scroll at University Fellowship Church Podcast. My name, as always, is Chris Moore, and I'm happy you guys are here. Thanks for coming along with us. We get together twice a week to chew on God's Word and share that with you. And uh, as we approach the summer, we are doing uh, a lot of chewing, a lot of specific chewing. This week, we've got Jamie Harms with us. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Thank you. For everyone who is not in this office right now, which is anyone else, uh, Jamie has a laundry basket I do. on my sofa, <laughs> <laughs> my leather couch. <laughs> so um, it's a fun little accessory. I like it. It reminds Jay- me to, re- to grab the table. Cloth. Yes. It's, it's good. <laughs> I, I know. I need those visual reminders or it's, I tell people now I'm just up front. If it's not in front of me, mm-hmm. you got to hound me because I'm thinking about a thousand things. <laughs> and you, man, yeah, you, I'm sure have a lot on your plate looking down at summer, especially with the advent of summer in the city upon yes. us. So we just started that. So talk to us about yeah. that a little bit. Well, I love summer. Mm-hmm. I love summer because people come out of the woodworks and life's, the routine of life changes and it tends to be more relational and yeah. the kids are home. And so I love summer and I'm looking forward to finishing up school here with the kids in a few weeks and jumping into it. And I think that's part of the summer in the city that we've got going because we're wrapping up Bible study this week. We're wrapping up mom's group and tender hearts in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so everything is kind of wrapping up and we can get this new start our summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, summer has often been kind of the time that people scatter mm-hmm. and we're asking them to do something a little bit different this year. Yes. Well, even in their scattering, I think the part of the idea of summer in the city, and I, I'm, I'm assuming people have heard Jarrell's sermon and mm-hmm. kind of gotten the, the, the general gist of it is that in order to love our neighbors, we need to know them. And part of that is seeing them and being intentional. And so, you know, while we're still going to the grocery store every week like we normally are, maybe we get to know the name of the checker who we Mm -hmm. see every week. Um, And and so there's just these intentional eyes for wherever we are. I'm sitting at a swim lesson and there's the same mom who's sitting there watching her kid in the swim lesson. Maybe I should introduce myself and hear her story, you Mm -hmm. know, and so... Even if you scatter, I think we can still be good neighbors. Yeah. Like Jarrell was saying, it's not just who is my neighbor, but how am I as a neighbor to those who are around us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really encapsulates the as you go mm-hmm. kind of message of the make disciples mm-hmm. piece. Because we are all in a place yes. surrounded by people. And the vast majority of the people that we interact with are consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you consider something like the grocery store. You're going to have the same grouping of people, at least in the employees, probably mm-hmm. if you're there enough, you know, a gas station or something, you're going to start seeing these faces that you recognize. And we probably can recognize most of those people by face, but do we actually know their name, mm-hmm. you know, and can address them by name and ask them how they're doing? It's amazing what yeah. happens when you use somebody's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their favorite word to hear. Their favorite word to hear. Now, um, one of the things that Jarrell talked about mm-hmm that I thought was interesting was just that concept of relationship being um, kind of the starting point or the Mm -hmm. gateway. So how do you feel like the knowing Mm -hmm. um, opens the door for, and what does it open the door for next? Exactly. Um, Well, he talked about proximity and he talked about humility. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about summer in the city, it actually, I hearken back to my time in Baltimore Mm. And part of that is there was a proximity there that we didn't choose. <laughs> we lived in 12-foot-wide bro homes, mm-hmm. and there were 12 
houses on the block. So you could smell what people were having for dinner. You knew what time people went to work and when they came home. You would often have one neighbor yelling down the street to the next neighbor, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need milk? Mm -hmm. You didn't have to turn on your TV to know what the score of the Ravens game was because you could hear it down the block. (laughs) And, And so there was just this natural proximity to these Mm -hmm. people who we really had nothing in common with other than we lived in the same spot. Yeah, Um, We even had a UPS driver drive down the street one day and say, am I late? We're like, what? He goes, usually you're out on your front porch eating dinner by 5.30. Like everybody knew everything about everybody, whether you liked it or not. Mm -hmm. And it was the good, bad, and the ugly, let me tell you. (laughs) But when we moved here, it was we're like, where is everybody? Everybody's in their own home. And it became this intentional thing we had to do to be in proximity with mm-hmm. people. And so we're really friendly here in Eugene, but then we don't actually get to know one another. Yeah. And as we get to know one another, we know what the situation is. It's not something where Drew mentioned the ding dong ditch help, but you actually mm-hmm. get to hear about what's going on in people's life and to be with them first. Um, and then there will be natural ways that you do get to help, but, but you're not the savior. Right. Just helping and, and being together. And, mm-hmm. and that could be something like picking up a newspaper off their porch while they're on vacation. You know, it, yeah. it's, it may be because they've asked you and they know your name. You know? Yeah. Um, and so there's just lots of ways that I personally have been blessed by neighbors in all different kinds of situations in life and have been able to learn from them. And we've had fantastic conversations and they've known what I believe and in, in who I believe in. And we've had some conversations and other conversations that are just different than religion. And so it's just, it's been a blessing. Yeah. And I think that's part of the gift of loving God and loving our neighbors. God mm-hmm. also knows it's a blessing to us too when we love our neighbors well. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think everyone to some degree could feel a measure of resistance or mm-hmm. or challenge by the Summer in the City initiative. And really just the biblical initiative of mm-hmm. <laughs> loving others. Um, what do you think are, are some of those challenges that we feel here in in Eugene, our culture, and kind of the communities we live in? Mm-hmm. I think hospitality is can be challenging in that a lot of people view it as like we have to have everything perfect mm-hmm. in order to even have somebody over or get to know them. And uh, when we first moved here, we moved into a house that had cinder block walls and floors, and the garage was sinking. Like it, w- it was. <laughs> we had a, a college student look for a house for us. They they gave us a thumbs up. Don't don't necessarily recommend that particular strategy. <laughs> but it was one of those where I felt embarrassed to have people over because mm-hmm. I knew they had nice houses and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it, I had to get over some of this uh, hospitality isn't about impressing people, but it's about blessing people. Mm-hmm. And so there are mindsets along those lines, like, do I feel like I can have people into my space? Um, or do, what are they going to see? Is that, are they going to see the ugly parts of me or are they going to be blessed? Mm-hmm. Um, do I feel like I have to impress them? So that's that's one hurdle that we often have to overcome. Sometimes we just have nothing in common with the person who lives next door to us or we don't like them or we're mad at them we have to even check our own hearts mm-hmm. for um, that humility piece that Joel was talking about um, how can I love this person who's different than I am um, and that's that's a hurdle as well yeah but all of these hurdles are part of I think the sanctification process that God brings us through mm-hmm. as we live with others because it's messy yeah yeah that sense of 
rubbing shoulders, knocking the knocking the corners off, mm-hmm. and smoothing our, us out. That sanctification seems to be, um, in some ways, intrinsic to community. Mm-hmm. Without interacting with others, you miss out on the uncomfortable benefit of being, um, you know, exposed to your own weaknesses, your mm-hmm. own shortcomings because of your response or your impatience towards others or your disinterest, those all things wouldn't be, you, you'd, you'd have blinders on mm-hmm. if you lived in isolation or, you know, your little echo chamber. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how do you think that uh, summer in the city or hospitality um, changes based off of the circumstances of your life? You know, so we've like, got families, mm-hmm. singles, stay at home moms, um, you know, people who are affluent, people who are less affluent. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think that shifts for people? Well, we're all called to love our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a bazillion ways that it can look. And they do look different in different seasons. Um, I know when my kids were little, it could look like we our walk to the park every evening and talking with people in the park as we're playing. Mm-hmm. And so we'd see the regulars doing roughly the same thing. And that was our act of hospitality. Um, it could be... For the singles or those in that particular season of life, it can be hosting a game night or mm-hmm. going and floating the river or um, inviting colleagues to come have a barbecue. Yeah, there's a, a tons of different ways that it mm-hmm. can look. Um, for for those who might have extra space, it could be hosting an international student who's here for the summer mm-hmm. or uh, somebody who needs a place to a single mama, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it can look all different kinds of, of ways to be hospitable to others, mm-hmm. but the more we have eyes to see others and to know them and to love them and then hear of their needs will allow us to know how to bless them. Yeah. So what about the quota? The quota? Mm-hmm. Like how many you have to? Yeah. No quota. There's not any quota, Jamie. <laughs> 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 we we knock on 11 doors. That 12th one is when we finally get our crowns in heaven. <laughs> There's no quota. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we have eyes to see whoever we're around, mm-hmm. then we're going to be blessed by that. Yeah. And I think we have a propensity of, um, a cert- certainly in our global context, mm-hmm. like with the media and the culture and the information we're getting, it's easy to get uh, concerned about things going up w- way up here, mm-hmm. you know, on a global level or a national level, which are all important things that Joe kind of pointed that mm-hmm. out in his sermon. But um, by having our minds brought right back down to, okay, but who do you have? Mm-hmm. Like who has God put in your circle to be a steward of in some way? Exactly. How do you reasonably care for them? We, we can't necessarily change everything that's way above us mm-hmm. and all of these big different systems. We can, there are different ways that we can engage those, but Mm -hmm. primarily the people we're around day in and day out, are we taking care of them and those, that downstream effect that Jarrell was saying, you know, um, are the decisions that we're making benefiting our neighbors Mm -hmm. and blessing them? Yeah. Um, That is one way that we are a light and a witness to those around us. We Mm -hmm. build that trust and that friendship and it allows us to share our stories with them and they share their stories with us. Yeah. How do we find ourselves climbing out of that hole of discouragement or disassociation from this hospitable icon mm-hmm. we have in our mind of this is what it looks like, or I'm just not measuring up or my, the circumstance of my life is incompatible. How do mm-hmm. we find that um, to get out of that and do something manageable? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think like anything else that we do in life, it starts stepwise and it can start with small steps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to host a dinner party in your home the first time. Yeah. But maybe you invite the person who you're talking with in the school line while you're waiting for you pick up your pick up your kids after school to coffee 30 minutes before pickup. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so there's there's easy ways to engage and cheap ways to engage. I know we had there was years where money was super tight and we still wanted to have people over, so we would invite people over to play a game and eat popcorn because that mm-hmm. was the one snack we could provide. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't require money. It doesn't require um, all the things that could impress. It just requires a little bit of intentionality and small steps. So you don't have to start with people in your home, but maybe start with the person who you're standing talking to at a soccer game mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ask them questions about them. People really enjoy getting to share about themselves and their experiences. And if you can ask good questions, you can be really hospitable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I find that I've had the most success when I'm just genuinely interested in the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't have to be profound. It can be, what do you do? Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing that for? That's why I lived in Eugene for a while. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do in your spare time if you had free time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Never heard of free time. <laughs> Are you a dark chocolate or milk chocolate person? And <laughs> yeah. then note that in your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And those little details are significant, right? Because mm-hmm. people feel seen. They feel like, wow, I am I'm an individual who's who was worth somebody else's time enough yep. to just remember I like dark chocolate and not yep. milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference. It does. Um, I find that, you know, like with anything, you would agree that as we examine w- what hospitality means in the context of the gospel, you know, that can really take a lot of the um, pressure out of the exchange because when we look at the gospel, we realize the reversal that we're not inclined to naturally take. We want to be in control. We want to be mm-hmm. competent. We want to be viewed well by others. And the gospel flips all that on its head and says, you can't do any of this. I mm-hmm. did it for you. And I find that when I look at the gospel, it elicits a, a humility like Jarrell talked about that takes out all of that, the shame, the worry, the mm-hmm. that I say something stupid, can I ask the right questions? And just... Makes me go, oh, I'm not. I'm just a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trusting. I trust the Lord with my own, you know, self. So I can trust the Lord with this person here. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna engage him in a normal way. Yeah. And know that it's not. I'm not the hero. I'm just a messenger. Exactly. Well, and it also helps to realize that you know if we treat others like we want to be treated, then we're probably going to be okay. Yeah. You know, if if we want people to ask us questions and tell our story, we ask them questions mm-hmm. and they can tell their story and it starts to develop. Or, you know, if we want to have somebody remember our name, mm-hmm. maybe we remember their name yeah. and greet them by name the next time. You know, so we can be the neighbor who we want mm-hmm. others to be to us and then we probably won't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I find, I find at least in my own life and in some conversations with people, it's oftentimes those who desperately want that, that now know what they need so they can be that for mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they go, man, I just wish I had somebody who cared, somebody who would engage me, somebody who would ask me out coffee. You go, well. Take the first step. Yeah. Go engage somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know firsthand what those feelings are like. So mm-hmm. be that for someone else. Care for someone else that way. Yeah. Um, it seems like 
one of the barriers may be a sense of othering, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, um, a dividing lines just culturally. Do you think that that, that is um, present in, at least in our community? And how can we um, break those down in a way mm-hmm. that views people with the, the dignity that they deserve and, you know, maybe is... Uh, allows us to be resilient to encountering people of different views and mm-hmm. personalities because those can feel threatening sometimes. They can. Well, and our culture is great right now at dividing us mm-hmm. by anything that makes us different from other people. Yeah. And so we can, um, at least I know I'm very capable of projecting what the other person might think mm-hmm. or how they are without actually getting to know them. And and so I think given that we are all created in God's image, and that there is a common grace given to all, that while we don't have to be exactly like them, we can still actually learn mm-hmm. from them. Like um, I look at my neighbors and I, you know, one of them's a statistical guy and we were learning all different kinds of stuff about how he was doing things. At this, and then we had one guy over here who was really great with candy stuff. And mm-hmm. we learned all kinds of stuff about plumbing from that, you know, and so yeah. it, there's a way that we can learn from one another and rub shoulders with one another and humanize one another that mm-hmm. allows us to know how to pray for one another. Um, and it does bring up conversations mm-hmm. and those are good too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it can be scary because when you have nothing in common with somebody to figure out a way to have something in common mm-hmm. and it can be something Silly, even like <laughs> you live next door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we both it. live it's in Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at like my neighbors in Baltimore and we were different this night and day. Mm-hmm. And and yet we we learned from each other and we actually enjoyed each other too, mm-hmm. you know, as we got to know one another. And um, yet we were completely and totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find that that helps, um, that helps insulate the, the conversations that do, you know, often happen at least, you know, for somebody who does ultimately want to share the gospel and mm-hmm. the the hope that we have, um, when you have that investment, that uh, enduring endurance, you know, where you've experienced enough time together that you go, oh, this person is good natured. They're not, you know, cruel. They're not malicious. Um, they're very reasonable. Mm-hmm. If you can communicate those qualities and have that reciprocated, that can really pave the way. And again, not not that it's up to our ability to convince somebody of information, but in terms of um, being able to navigate that well and have us have a reasonable conversation with somebody about. So, what do you believe? Like, mm-hmm. why do you believe that? And, yeah, and the, it kind of takes the the heat out of the room. <laughs> it does and it it makes you go home and process a lot of things too about mm-hmm. your assumptions of people who are different than you are yeah um and living in south eugene there's lots of people who are different than we are mm-hmm. and so i have had conversations with tons of people on the sides of track meets and school pickup lines that are totally different than mm-hmm. i am and it's caused me to pause and think about well who are these people and how do I engage and love them? And how do I, do I know them well enough that I can communicate in a way that they would understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, without maybe Christianese of any kind, yeah. but still communicate the concept of God's love and sin and redemption mm-hmm. <laughs> and what that looks like. Yeah, And so um, 
And, and they are willing to have conversations. I had a conversation with a woman the other day who I helped volunteer with. And um, she goes to church, not a Christian church. And her husband doesn't. But we talked about, well, what does that look like? And what about the tensions in faith? And how do we grow in faith? And and what, and what is our faith? And so it ended mm-hmm. up op- opening up a conversation yeah. about genuine faith that it's not expecting when I was working on auction items or, <laughs> you know, t- for the school. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you know, the, you, you, you don't really know where they're going to come, but if you're faithfully in proximity and you're willing to listen and have humility, like Terrell was saying, things happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the <laughs> things- allows us to point them to Jesus. Yeah. One of the things that I notice that happens, and I'd love to hear if this is the same for you, mm-hmm. is- um, the more I engage in those things, the more comfortable they become. Mm-hmm. And the, exactly. like you said, the more you learn and get to, um, it takes the guesswork out of it because we project mm-hmm. onto people who we think they are and what we think they believe. And we go, okay, I, you know, this guy is coming from a similar framework of Bill. Mm-hmm. And I remember Bill, I spent a lot of afternoons at Bill's mm-hmm. house. And, um, so is that the same for you? I think it does become easier, but it also takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And in this in this particular scenario, this woman who I've volunteered with for the last five years, yeah, and we've seen each other, and we've done things together, and we've talked, and all of a sudden, it took a really totally different twist, mm-hmm. and we got to talk about some very meaningful things. Yeah, and so does that mean the whole other four years had been wasted when we're just doing activity nights and and showcases and productions? Mm-hmm. No, because it was also a blessing to the rest of the school, right? But it also provided some trust and some relationship with other volunteers mm-hmm. who were able to have that conversation. And it wasn't awkward because I knew her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So looking at this summer for yes. women's ministry, mm-hmm. what is popping off? So we're encouraging our women to get to know their neighbors and take those first baby steps um, as it's very comfortable to always kind of group up and do things together. And we need that. We're supposed to be in fellowship with one another, but we're Mm -hmm. taking this season of three months to flip our eyes outward Mm -hmm. and to really look at, this is the time when everybody's out before it starts raining, (laughs) you know, to get to know the people who are around us and start making that a pattern of our life too. So that by next fall and next Christmas, you can, you know, you know, your barista and you know, your grocery store cook clerk and you know your neighbors and yeah and so you have you're starting to build those relationships and that trust and so instead of doing maybe a, a women's evening and dinner and say well find three women from church and invite three neighbors over and mm-hmm. host your own um there's we had women who were grabbing some extra copies of encounter it's like we'll take those and grab a neighbor and grab a friend and do them together. Yeah. You're already going to go to the park instead of all going to the park here. Well, maybe go to your local park and invite some of your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so you're probably going to be doing many of the same things, but we're trying to include our neighbors mm-hmm. um, as we get to know them so that we can love them well. And I think that's part of the secret is a lot of times it's just an invitation to what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is special. You have dinners, special events mm-hmm. set aside, but there's a fair amount. I know some of the most significant people in my life. They just invited my wife and I mm-hmm. along to what they were already doing. Exactly. And often we are trying to get people to come to us, mm-hmm. to us at church, but we're intentionally this summer going to them mm-hmm. 
And it, it very well might lead to an invitation to come this direction, but it's got to start with us going and getting yeah. to know them first. Baby steps. Well, I know a little somebody who kind of set the model for coming to us. His name was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> He came down to us. He did. He did. He did. I think if he did that, we can uh, we can manage to exactly, exactly cross the grocery store aisle or something, say hello to a person, police the street, and let's pick up our mail, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like women's ministry and is going to be you know immersed in this, and mm-hmm. um, as a church, we all want to be immersed in this. This is. You know, I, I don't view this as a summer initiative so much as it is a focus for the summer that is a Christian initiative mm-hmm. that is rooted in Christian values and imperatives from scripture. Yep. So I'm excited to see how people change. And I know like with the the booklet and with different things that we'll be posting on social media, we'll mm-hmm. we'll give some ideas for those yeah. basic first steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bake cookies and take them to your neighbor. You know, just some basic things. If you need an idea, that's mm-hmm. a great way to start of, well, how can I introduce myself to my neighbors and not make it super awkward? Yes. It will be awkward, but <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> yes. Yep. And it'll probably be awkward the first one or three times and then... You get through it. Exactly. Well, um, Jamie, thank you for coming along for this. I appreciate it. And listener, hopefully you are encouraged and challenged um, to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And if you do need support, do need help, do need ideas, uh, you feel overwhelmed, feel like this is too complicated, um, the social media through University Fellowship Church will be uh, making resources available to you, small little bite-sized ideas that are practical and easy to execute on. And I know women's ministry, you've got your newsletter that you send mm-hmm. out once a month. Yep. So I'm sure that'll have Summer in the City stuff. And then we'll be talking about it as we go on. Exactly. There's a book club happening both months, June and July, several labs to become a part of, and uh, just some great opportunities to challenge yourself a little bit. And when you have great times with your neighbors, we'd love to hear about it too. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, email us, go on the website, on the About and Staff section, find an email address on the website and just send it to that email address. (laughs) It'll make its way to me or the relevant parties that can be encouraged by that and also share that with others in the church. Mm -hmm. So To encourage them. Yep, we would love to hear about that. Well, Jamie, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in with your laundry basket. With my laundry basket. (laughs) (laughs) And listener, we will get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.